You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Excited to be joined by Chairman Emeritus of NLC. Chris Kelly is here. We'll catch up with him, hear what his quarantine life has been like, and he's also got some insight into some key aspects of our life, namely basketball. So let's get to it. All right, Chris, good to have you on. And yes, you're closely associated with the Sacramento Kings. If you had to put a percentage number that we see the NBA again in 2020, what would you put it at? Well, thanks for having me, Eric. And um, you know, thanks to all the NLC out, the folks out there who are slogging away in this difficult time. Um, I think I'd put a pretty high number on uh, on the league coming back, probably in the in the seventy to eighty percent range at this point. There's still some uh, you know craziness that that could come, and one of the things that needs to be ironed out is what happens um, when, if, and when a, a positive test comes back, um, and how the how the reaction works, and what the quarantine is going to look like uh, for the players. Um, but the, but I think it's going to get worked out. There's certainly a lot of planning going on on it right now. We reopened our practice facility mm-hmm. in Sacramento um, on Monday and uh, have had some players kind of partaking uh, of that. And obviously in conjunction with the, all the league guidelines and all the local guidelines there. Um, but we're excited about uh, about the possibility of coming back. And then if you were in charge of the league, would you want them to do the bubble idea in Orlando at Disney World? Do you like the Vegas idea? Any uh, third I love option the Vegas we don't idea. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I like the Disney World idea, too, because that way you can kind of have an East Coast and a West Coast base. Um, and my guess is that it will work out to be both of them. Um, you know, but 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 obviously, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. And could you ever see this scenario? I, I was reading over the weekend after they did the UFC fight. Uh, I didn't watch it, but a lot of the commentary was how interesting it was having no fans in the sense that you could hear so much more, like the actual audio experience was so different. Could you see the NBA steering into something like that where they actually would give uh, kind of unfiltered access to what it sounds like on the court? And maybe you just put like a minute or two delay on there in case any wild language happens. What, What do you think of something like that? Well, I, I think very much. I think that you're seeing more and more games where players have been mic'd up di- directly and without fans in the stands. You know, the, no, no one's coming back with fans anytime soon. So um, there, there will be that same sort of dynamic working. Um, there's some interesting things to be explored about how you might give, you know, fan access either through a, a, a more virtual experience that some streaming goes on in VR right now. Um, of some of these games and also to and maybe the possibility of even putting, you know, video boards in the stands with that have actual kind of a zoom interaction okay. um, with, with, with fans sitting there courtside. <laughs> so there's some experiments that could be run here that, that might be pretty interesting too. Yeah, definitely. Well, switching gears, you have a long history with Facebook and it was, we're definitely early in Facebook's uh, rise and it sounds like you're back working a little bit with them. Uh, what would you say the most important thing that you're working on with Facebook is right now? Well, it's all been coronavirus related at this point that, that the, the um, I, I, I was brought in both to advise on the cryptocurrency Libra and to help out um, with outreach to the left um, where they, they had felt that there were some challenges um, that, yeah. that had been <laughs> that had been assessed and and uh, and that, that they wanted to take things in a different direction. Um, and so have, have been you know, engaged in a variety of discussions over time, both you know, Libra focused and then also generally you know, politically focused. Um, but now uh, most of my time and most of the time of the company is taken up with the coronavirus response and, and 
they've been very active in partnering with Carnegie Mellon University on uh, using Facebook's reach to allow for symptom self-reporting and, you know, in a very controlled fashion um, that, that where only Carnegie Mellon gets the data and then they can crunch it and we can report back on hotspots and things like that. And, you know, use the massive scale of Facebook to kind of capture that data more proactively than it's been because we've had this massive failure of, of a testing infrastructure. Um, and, uh, and then working on, on a number of other kind of messaging side things, uh, having to do with that. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been quite, quite busy. And then between the Kings <laughs> and the Facebook interest in California and my fairly close relationship with the Newsom administration, um, spent a lot of time on California's response to this and, and how we, you know, we opened up our practice facility or not our practice facility, but our former arena, uh, in Sacramento to be a backup uh, COVID hospital if it's needed. And thank God for all of us, it hasn't been needed yet. So, And then in terms of Facebook, how would you grade the response so far on their ability to remove messages that are promoting bunk science or doing things like that? Yeah, so that's where um, you know the, the, the infrastructure has been there. And the focus of the infrastructure that's robust on reporting misinformation has been a, uh, you know, completely sort of turned toward coronavirus. And that has been a fairly uh, a successful focus. Um, obviously, there's always going to be things that are missed and um, and perfection cannot be the standard, unfortunately. But um, the work that they've done in uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning to have a lot of proactive identification of the Corona response, um, the, some of the the terrorism messaging that's been, you know, sort of mm -hmm. the, when when the as the platform opened up, flooded the platform, and of course the you know kind of nudity pornography, child pornography that 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 unfortunately persists online. Um, you know, because so many people use Facebook, they think that they can use Facebook for their illicit activities too, and they find out um, pretty quickly that that's not uh, something that's that, that that's yeah. okay. Um, you know, the, the technology, it's always an arms race. Um, but, but I think that Facebook has done a reasonably good job of focusing on, uh, on the, the, the hoaxes and misinformation, um, that have come out, including going so far as cutting off, uh, hired Bolsonaro in Brazil, uh, yeah. as he spread one of the, one of the, uh, you know, particularly kind of noxious, uh, you know, uh, hydroxychloroquine, um, you know, misstatements. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Chris about his long history with NLC and what he sees for the future of the organization. Thanks so much for tuning into the Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, Chris, what role do you see NLC playing as we try to rebuild, as we try to reimagine and try to reset a lot of these systems that have probably been underwhelming is a kind of way to put it for so many folks. What, what do you see NLC doing in the next six to 12 months? Well, I think that, that continuing our training programs is, is the critical factor and, and obviously managing the, the difficult environment that this creates in terms of, of, of fundraising and making sure that everything continues operating. Luckily, you know, Claire and our executive board team have been incredibly uh, proactive and on top of all of this. And, and so we're, you know, we're doing weekly calls right now and making sure that outreach goes on to uh, quite a number of supporters and that we're showing uh, the direct response that so many NLCers are involved in. Um, um, from from 
to, to fight COVID and to make sure that we kind of get uh, eventually things reopened. The, the, the work that, that, you know, that we've done in the training, um, in training materials and in the training sessions over time is, is paying dividends as, as people take frontline positions in all sorts of governments across, across, the, across the U.S. And obviously, you know, when we have some federal failures, I think that we can highlight a lot of the, the state and local actions that, that so many people uh, from our NLC chapters are, are taking day to day. You know, I think that's all well said and very true. And yeah, I'm curious what the, the training program ultimately ends up um, becoming, whether it's a mix of in-person and, and hybrid and those things too. I was curious your thoughts on the, the wrinkle of it also being an election year. We think back to NLC history of the 2016 fellows and sort of leading up to November and then the change in administrations going into 17, how much that altered the, the org's uh, pathos in many ways. What wrinkle or, or what uh, uh, impact do you feel like the 2020 election is going to have on where NLC goes uh, after November? Well, I'm hoping that we'll have the effect that we thought we'd have in 2016, that there would be a, a mass demand for NLC's you know, uh, expert trained uh, cadre of people to help with the federal government. And so, um, you know, in a situation where we have a you know, reconstruction uh, administration coming in with, with all hope, obviously, there's a lot to do electorally uh, to get there. That we can um, we can serve that role uh, for a Biden administration um, in, in, on the federal level, but the redirection of so many NLCers' talents to the state and local level has been huge. Where you see you know the Chicago chapter being super aggressive, the LA chapter of course being very present in the Newsom administration, the Sacramento chapter as well. Um, you know we have a lot of of action going on in um, in in these localities across the nation, and and it's a you know, it's a it's a it's a blessing that that it exists, and the shift to virtual has been seamless. Um, I've loved seeing on social media, and a lot of the folks nationally will see me pretty active in commenting and liking on their Instagram posts and, and their Facebook posts because it's just such a joy to see uh, how the the institutes have have continued to run, and we keep adding people to this wonderful NLC family. Yeah. Hey, last thing, what's been the most challenging part of being a parent in quarantine times? Um, you know, that there's a resistance and an adaptation <laughs> that kids um, have. It, one of the funniest things that I ever saw was that that, that the, somebody on Twitter was saying that there's going to be a, a baby boom uh, of first children after after the, yeah. the, the, the podcast. Sounds right. After, yeah. after this experience <laughs> is over. Um, but, uh, you know, look, my kids have been, they're a little bit older, they're nine and 11. And, uh, you know, my daughter, uh, my nine-year-old daughter has, has taken to extraordinarily well. My 11-year-old son has been a little more scattered um in it but but still very dedicated to you know keeping in touch with his classmates and they they're they're good technologists and big minecraft players and have been doing kind of virtual commentary with their friends uh for quite some time so it hasn't been that much of a shift uh, and they still get a chance to get out in our neighborhood and and experience the outdoors and and uh you know can can kind of they're they're in a pretty good place right now yeah, yeah, good to hear. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Zag. Make sure to catch all past episodes. We've dropped a lot in the last couple of weeks. Two kinds of episodes are up. We've been featuring frontline NLC alums who are doing COVID work in communities to support their people next to them. And also we did a teacher appreciation week uh, series where we had a bunch of educators from the NLC community share their stories of teaching in Zoom classes, uh, rewriting policy, handing out lunches, all these kind of things. 
Get those at all the places you grab your podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>